This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. This is Women to Watch. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change. Be inspired by women from across the globe who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Now, Women to Watch. Here's your host, Sue Rocco. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me for another great story that I'm going to be sharing tonight. And in just a few minutes, I'll be joined by Wendy Samuelson. And Wendy is a partner at Samuelson House and Samuelson. It's a little tricky to say, um, which is a matrimonial and family law practice uh, based in New York. And she'll be with me in just a moment. She has a really incredibly inspiring uh, life story. Be sure to stay with us during the breaks to hear from our exclusive watch team of on-air contributors from Jefferson University Hospital, Tivity Health, Pathways Consulting, Fortis Wealth, and Hanadi Shahabuddin for our Diversity Watch. And just a reminder, if you ever miss the live show, you can go to our website at womentowatch.net. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T, to listen to the podcast. And be sure to uh, sign up for our monthly newsletter there as well. Um, you can read our digital spotlights, our Girls to Watch blog, and Check out our amazing lineup of guests that we have uh, waiting to be on the show. So now I am thrilled and honored to have joining me tonight, Wendy Samuelson, again, a partner at Samuelson House and Samuelson. Wendy, thanks so much for joining me. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So I, of course, know a little bit about you because we we did a little work together uh some years ago, but I did have to do additional digging in and research to learn more about your life story. And I wanted to start off with your um, upbringing in Long Island. And I understand uh, you were raised by parents who've been married for over 55 years. And life was dinner uh, together as a family every night. And I think that says a lot about your family. And I wanted to know if you could share what that kind of secure childhood um, did for your own confidence as a young girl? Certainly. Um, So my mother felt that, you know, if we're going to be a family, we need to be together. And so did my father feel the same way. And so dinners were very important in our family. And if dad didn't get home till eight o'clock, then we waited till eight o'clock to eat. And um, it was during those dinner conversations that I was so inspired by my father's passion for helping people. And he would tell us all his court stories around the dinner table, um, how he helped uh, divorcing spouses get through to the next chapter in their life. So it really made me um, be excited about the law and, and excited about embarking on a you know a career in 
matrimonial and family law. Yeah, it seems to me that your dad really has been um, a mentor, you know, um, an inspiration to you for sure. Tell me about your relationship with him. Um, and whether, you know, you went to Cornell, uh, got your law degree there, whether when you came out and joined his practice, whether it was your intent to stay there or perhaps learn from him and then move on. Yes. So it's it's, it's interesting. I didn't think I was going to be a family lawyer. I thought I was going to go into entertainment law um, because I'm a very creative person. And I thought that people who have creative products should be protected um, but that required me to be in a major law firm in the city, a, a large law firm with a lot of red taping. And I quickly learned after working my second year summer at a big law firm that I didn't think I really liked this. Mm. So I, I started working with my father um, after law school, sort of by default, and thought, you know, maybe I'll, I'll interview around see what else is out there. Um, but I just started working with him sort of by default and then thought, this is, I really like this. I really like um, being able to do work directly with clients um, right away and feeling like I'm impacting their lives as opposed to being in a, you know, a large law firm in the city where they stick you in a law library and say, mm -hmm. do this research for this small little project and you never get to see the clients or talk to them. Yeah. And so, of course, the work that you do is so incredibly personal. I love the, um, the tagline on the website says, we were the calm beneath your storm. Um, what does that mean to you? Um, you know, as far as your relationship with clients? Sure. So, you know, when people come in to see me, you know, during the first consultation, they are usually as stressed out as they can be, as anxious as they can be. They're usually talking a mile a minute. Their thoughts are all over the place. And they're scared. I literally had one potential client who came in, sat in the waiting room, filled out the paperwork, and got up and ran to the elevator and was just going to run out of the office. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I went yeah. running after him, saying, where are you going? What's the matter? Yeah. And he said, I was just so scared to be here. I just, you know, the, the fact that I'm here means that this is really happening. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, that's not really what's happening. What you're, you're here for is information. And knowledge is power. And so I'm going to give you the information. And what you decide to do with it next, that's, that's your choice, you know. Yeah. Um, so um, what I do is calm people down. But more than that, um, I don't say, hey, you need to calm down. I show them how to calm down because I worked with somebody that you know very well, um, Kelly Black of um, Balancing the Executive Life. Mm. For about three years, I did one-on-one um, -on -one coaching with her where I learned meditation techniques, how to breathe, how to hold your breath. And so what I do is I show clients these techniques right across the desk to help them calm down. Mm. And they say, you know, for me, it was life-changing to learn these techniques. And because it was so wonderful, I want to, you know, pass this forward, pay it forward, rather, to, you know, the clients that I meet. And I actually have the exercises written down, and I hand them a sheet so that they can practice some of these exercises on their own. 
and I find over time, if they actually do it, their whole demeanor changes. Um, they're able to think more clearly, um, see the forest from the trees, and um, really be able to focus and, and get through the process in a better way. And I would imagine that helps them manage their emotions, right? Because if you're, you know, your emotions are high, whether it's anger or sadness, then you're not going to always make the best choices. Exactly. Yeah. Tell me what, I, I don't recall, what was the turning point for you to reach out to Kelly Black? So <laughs> it's, the funny story is that there was no turning point. Um, my husband and Kelly were in the same networking group, and Kelly made a presentation about stress, and Jeff, my husband, came home and said, this woman gave this presentation about stress, and your picture should have been up oh. <laughs> on the wall behind her. Like, I recognize this in you, and you really should meet with her. She's fantastic. And it was so funny because um, I said, I'm not going to meet with some earthy, crunchy, you know, granola crunching, <laughs> Birkenstock-wearing yoga coach. Like, I, that's not me. I'm type A, you know. <laughs> right. Listen, and, I, I, um, Wendy, I want you to hold this thought because I really want you to finish this story. We have to go into our first break. So sit okay. tight with that. Uh, stay with us for Dawn Zier of Tivity Health for our CEO Watch. We'll be right back. Now, the women to watch. CEO Watch. Hi, everyone. I'm Dawn Zier here with today's CEO Watch. Last week, I discussed how, as leaders, it's our job to have tough conversations when necessary. Today, we're going to talk about how to receive and be open to feedback. Whether we want to believe it or not, we're not perfect. And across all levels of an organization, we each have room for improvement. We're constantly evolving works in progress, and one's openness to hearing feedback provides a great avenue for continued personal growth. When receiving constructive feedback, there are a few things to keep in mind. One, stop your first reaction. Instinctively as humans, whenever we're provided with feedback that isn't the easiest to hear, we want to explain, defend, and react. Instead, take a breath. Really listen to what the other person is saying and take the time to digest it. Two, don't take it personally or view it as an attack. If someone is taking the time to provide constructive feedback, they're generally doing it because they want to help you be successful. Assume positive intent. We're never finished learning, and we all have areas that we can improve on. So keep in mind that constructive feedback will only help you succeed in the end. Three, ask questions. Take the time to process what they're saying and ask the questions. Do your best to understand where they're coming from. Is this a recurring observation? Are there specific examples? And ask for suggestions on how they would handle. Engage in a dialogue and talk it through. Thank them and be sure to keep the lines of communication open. And finally, remember this. The best feedback is immediate. Get in the habit of asking people on a regular basis how you're doing or what could have gone better. After a presentation, for example, or after a meeting or exchange that maybe didn't go quite as expected. Also remember that you have the right to accept or reject feedback. Listen, reflect, accept, or reject. But seek to understand and remember that perceptions, whether you judge them as valid or not, are real to those that have them. Thanks for listening. I'm Don Zier here for CEO Watch. Have a great week. Since 1858, Mount St. Joseph Academy has been educating girls to be leaders, founders, and independent thinkers. Students are taught to be collaborative, courageous, compassionate, confident, and spiritual. 
In this student-centered environment, the young women are transformed by recognizing their own potential and are encouraged to use it to make a difference in the world. To learn more about Mount St. Joseph Academy, go to www.msjacad.org or call 215-233-3177. That's msjacad.org or 215-233-3177. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. If you're just tuning in, I'm having a wonderful conversation with Wendy Samuelson. And Wendy is an attorney. She practices matrimonial and uh, family law in New York uh, at her own firm. And just before the break, I had asked her about a mutual friend. There's a woman, Kelly Black, who works with executives to help them de-stress, I'll say, you know, really provides some uh, techniques and tools to do that, which I think we all need. Um, and, I, and I'm always grateful that these conversations are being had more candidly today than years ago. And, and you were talking about your husband, Jeff, um, who I know is your biggest fan, and he felt that you should meet with her. That's correct. Yeah. And so, and he literally begged me to meet with her because he's like, you know, we have to give business to other people in the group. You, you have to go. So, so I met with her, and it turns out she's not this, you know, yoga type that I thought of, and actually um, was very level-headed. And in the very first consultation, taught me some breathing techniques, and literally, I felt changed in that very moment. Mm. Um, I had never taken the time to just, you know, do meditation or breathing and just slow it all down and empty out all the negative thoughts. And, you know, and that was it for me. And then we started working together um, twice a month and um, really learned some wonderful skills that I, I teach to the associates in my office. I teach to you know, the clients who are willing to, to learn these techniques. Yeah. And, and you sh- yeah, sharing it with your clients, I think, is so um, generous. Um, you know, we can't share your story, Wendy, without talking about um, a genetic disorder that you have that was discovered at a young age, and it's called Usher's Syndrome. Uh, tell our audience what that is and why they refer to it as uh, an orphan disease. Okay. So it is a genetic disorder. Um, Usher syndrome is comprised of two parts. One is the hearing loss, where um, you have a sloping hearing loss over time. And the other is um, retinitis pigmentosa, um, also known as RP, which um, over time may cause blindness. Um, And so I'm actually referred to as legally blind, uh, but I do have some central vision still. And, um, you know, basically this genetic disorder causes the cells to die in both the ears and the eyes. And normal people have um, the cells replace themselves. And so you have cells that die and cells that grow back, but mine don't grow back. And so at a very early age, um, I think around kindergarten, my parents discovered that I had a hearing loss. And it wasn't until I was about maybe 10 that they realized I had uh, some vision impairment because they realized I couldn't see in the dark. And so RP manifests itself originally as 
night blindness that you have difficulty seeing at night and then later on it starts to affect your peripheral vision. So that that's an adversity. You know, that is something that when we talk about <clears throat> excuse me things that have been a challenge um, in our life and, and we're able to kind of move forward in spite of it. I really wanted to ask you, you know, where your ability came from to not only um, have this thriving legal practice with this challenge, but stay so positive. I really think your positivity is a big reason why you're so successful and people want to work with you. Thank you. Um, I don't know where I get my positive attitude from, but um, my father always told me the glass was half full. And so I think he instilled a lot of that in me. Um, and, uh, you know, I had very supportive parents. I mean, my mother made sure I went to see only the best doctors, only the best, you know, people who could help me. Um, she was very proactive in meeting with my teachers at a young age and making sh sure they understood what my hearing loss was and how to, you know, best assist me. And then, you know, as I grew older, she taught me how to be an advocate for myself so that I could speak up, you know, when meeting with teachers in high school and telling them, here's what I need. I need to sit in the front. I need to read your lips. Um, you know, I need to be able to see the blackboard um, and maybe even you know, meet after class to go over anything that I might have missed. So I think, you know, both of them had really sort of, maybe not by telling me, but by, by what they were doing so that you, we will make sure you succeed no matter what you do. Um, and, you know, I just generally like to find the joy in everything. I, I um, you know, I tell people that, uh, you know, if it wasn't for my dual disability, I would have never met, you know, my husband, right. the greatest joy of my life. Um, you know, we met on a train and the reason I took a train was because I couldn't drive. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I was going from Manhattan to, I was living in Manhattan at the time. I was going to New Jersey to visit my cousins and he happened to be in from California being on a train to go visit his best friends who were getting married um, so, uh, you know, to this day, whenever they have an anniversary, we know that's the day we met. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who, who spoke to who first on the train? I sat down next to him. Okay. And struck up a conversation because I talk to everybody. Right. As you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to talk to me whether you'd like it or not, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> and, um, you know, who knew that we were like of similar age and religious backgrounds and, you know, all that. Yeah. So, and all he said was, you know, that his family was from New York. So, of course, I give him my business card thinking, oh, you never know. Maybe somebody will send me business one day. And right. I never really thought he would contact me. And that's before smartphones. So, you know, I got an email from him and oh, we were wow. emailing for several months before we actually met again. Yeah, that's a great story. Um, <laughs> listen, we're going to go into our second break. And um, when we come back, I want to talk about when not only Jeff, your husband, but um, something that you do together that has really uh, that brings you so much joy. Stay with us for Dr. Marianne Ritchie for your health watch and Terry and Maggie for finance. Now, the women to watch health watch. For Health Watch, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. 
anaphylaxis, a serious allergic reaction, occurs suddenly and symptoms can worsen rapidly and even end in death. Common causes? Foods like peanuts, tree nuts, cow milk, wheat, soy, shellfish, even some fruits and veggies. Insect bites from wasps or hornets, medications like penicillin and other antibiotics, even aspirin and ibuprofen, dye used in x-rays like CAT scans, latex from gloves, balloons, and some condoms. People who experience it usually have a known allergy, but not always. Even that first episode could be fatal. Death can occur in minutes, often less than an hour. Patients at higher risk, those with a history of asthma or other lung or heart disease. Symptoms, most patients have hives, flushing, swollen lips and tongue, eyes, ears, hands or feet. Many have stuffy nose, change in the voice or hoarseness, feeling like the throat is closing or wheezing. Some have sudden fainting, dizziness, a rapid heartbeat or even confusion. Be prepared. If you have a known allergy, always carry an EpiPen. This dispenser has medicine called epinephrine, the treatment of choice for severe or even mild symptoms. Inject the EpiPen into the muscle of the mid-outer thigh. Then call 911. Always carry two EpiPens. 20% of patients need more than one dose before they get to the hospital. Do not waste time giving Benadryl. This delays the benefit of the epinephrine. Have the patient lie down with feet elevated. With low blood pressure, this keeps blood flowing to the head. If the patient's vomiting, you may need to keep the head up a little or turn to the side. Note, signs and symptoms can recur within three days, even if the patient is not exposed again. So if you or a loved one has an allergy, wear a Medic Alert bracelet, practice with a sample EpiPen, do emergency drills, especially with children. Be prepared, divas. Introducing Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG.com. If you believe that family, charity, or money is deeply important for the greater good, Fortis Wealth invites you to a highly personalized financial discovery process to help you visualize your financial legacy. It's not for everyone, but if you're willing to invest the time and thought, they can offer advice and strategies to help you accomplish your dreams. Fortis Advisors is a wholly owned subsidiary of Fortis Wealth, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Visit Fortis-Wealth.com today because tomorrow is waiting. The Women to Watch Finance Watch. Hi, this is Terry, and this is Maggie, and we're from Fortis Wealth. The 2019 Medicare open enrollment period runs from October 15th through December 7th. This is a time when people who are already covered by Medicare can make changes to their coverage. Let's review what Medicare is and why it's so important. Medicare is the federal health insurance program for people who are 65 or older, certain younger people with disabilities, and people with end-stage renal disease. Medicare Part A is hospital insurance. Part B is medical insurance. Part D is prescription drug coverage. Yes, there is a Part C or Medicare Advantage, which is an all-in-one alternative to original Medicare. Supplemental coverage or Medigap is extra health insurance that pays costs not covered by original Medicare, such as copayments, deductibles, and health care outside the U.S. Medigap policies are only available to people who already have Part A and B and are not available to people who have a Medicare Advantage plan. Standard Medigap 
plans are labeled A through N and offer different levels of health insurance. They are offered by insurance companies and other private companies approved by Medicare. The transition to Medicare from other types of health insurance can be complicated. A key mistake to avoid is failing to sign up for Medicare at the right time in order to avoid costly permanent late enrollment penalties. Late enrollment has become a more significant risk as more people delay retirement, many times staying on employer insurance past age 65. For people already signed up for Social Security at age 65, enrollment in Part A and Part B is automatic. But for people who have not yet applied for Social Security, signing up for Medicare requires you to take proactive steps to avoid problems. People start thinking about Social Security early, but they often don't think about Medicare until the deadline approaches. We at Fortis are proactive, and we remind our clients about Medicare well before they retire or turn 65. We encourage you to start planning early and work with a Medicare specialist who can guide you through the process. This is Terry. And this is Maggie. Peace out. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Wendy Samuelson is my guest this evening, and she's an attorney practicing matrimonial and family law in New York. And I want to open this segment with a quote. Um, Wendy, you said, joining a tandem bike club has allowed me to balance out my professional life by being surrounded by happy couples. And what a great um, hobby this is for you and your husband, Jeff. And I know, you know, it's just something that it brings you a lot of joy in your life. So tell me how you got into it and um, how he champions you, Jeff. Certainly. Um, so my husband is originally from um, San Francisco and was a big mountain bike uh, bicyclist and um, really loved the sport. And so when he moved to New York, you know, I said to him, I don't want you to give up that sport. You know, how can we find a way to do it together? And so we we figured out um, first by, well, when I was out in San Francisco, we rented a tandem and went over the Golden Gate Bridge, which is a phenomenal experience. Mm. Um, and then again, we had rented um, a tandem up in Canada to do a rail trail ride. And after those two two rides, I realized this is it. This is something I really want to do. We should like invest in this and, you know, get our own, you know, custom made bike. Um, and our, so our first bike was a mountain bike, whereas most tandem cyclists, their first bike is going to be a road bike. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. And, yeah. And so it was, you know, for the first couple of years, we had this mountain bike and then we realized that there are tandem clubs and, you know, all over the United States. And so we joined um, the Doubles of the Garden State, also known as the Dogs. And um, from that, we realized that, you know, people who were older than us were leaving us in the dust. And we looked around and we said, you know, what's, why, what's wrong with this picture? And we realized we had this mountain bike and they were all on road bikes. Oh. So <laughs> then we got the road bike. Yeah. yeah and so. you've been all over the world with this bike. Oh, yeah. Um, we, uh, the, the, the reason we got the road bike is because we saw that there was going to be a tandem bike trip, um, to, ch- uh, to not Chile, sorry, to, um, John blank. That's okay. I know you've been to Italy <laughs> with the bike. I've been to Italy yeah. twice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the Tuscany region. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I'm sorry. It's Croatia. Croatia. Okay. Chile. Yeah. And so Croatia was our first trip with the, uh, the road bike. 
and um, you know this bike actually comes apart into, and fits into two suitcases, and then wow. you have to build it out. Yeah, yeah, it takes about two hours. You 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 pretty much strip it down to pieces. We actually have a sign inside, you know, because the uh, the airlines will open up your bags and we'll say this. You know, I was going to say this is not a bomb. This yeah. is a bike. You it's know, a bike. But, yeah. but we just say this is a tandem bike, just so they, you know, we we have a picture so that they. They know we're not trying to blow up the airplane. Yeah, because <laughs> it's got a lot of parts. Is yeah. this something you do, you know, on the weekends and frequently or a couple times a year? So this is, you know, you refer to it as a hobby, but I would say this this has taken over my life yeah. um, in, a, in a great way, obviously. Yeah. We, we cycle every weekend uh, as soon as spring season starts. And we go through um, Thanksgiving. So every Thanksgiving we go out to California with the mountain bike and um, to visit my, my in-laws. And uh, that's pretty much the end of the season. Uh, but we have a trip coming up in February um, where we're going to Hawaii to cycle the Big Island. Wow. Yeah, also on a tandem trip. Wow, that's and, so exciting. Uh, my friends actually started a company called Adventures in Tandem. And um, they they are host trips uh, all over the country and and all over the world. Mm. So um, you know we're we're blessed to have them as friends, but also to be able to go on their trips. Yeah, and I would imagine this is something that you know. One of my questions often is, you know, what do you, when you're not working, what are you doing? And what an amazing way to kind of clear your head. Yeah, right? absolutely. And you know, and 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 get great exercise. I mean, we're yeah. doing forty to fifty miles you know, a day on the, on the bike. Wow. So it's, it's great exercise. Wow. Listen, I wanted to talk to you about women and, and law and, you know, you, you've had your practice for a long, long time. And I, I was curious how you see the legal profession changing or how has it changed for women, um, over the course of your career? Because, and when I ask that question, you know, I'm referring to opportunities for women, um, the topic of, of men and partners in firms um, looking to women to, you know, give those uh, big clients and raises and, and bring onto boards. Is there some positive, you know, happening? Sure. So when I was at Cornell Law School, I remember the first day when the dean told us, oh, and we're, we're you know, 35% women. <laughs> and that was class. a big deal. Yeah. And like that was something to be really excited about. And, you know, yeah. it was basically a male-dominated field. And um, when I got out of law school, I'll never forget the first time I argued before the appellate division. Um, and, you know, you have, there's a panel of like three or four judges, and I'm looking around the room, and it's all gray-haired men. Mm-hmm. And and me, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I I was like, wow, you know, I just really never occurred to me that I was, you know, sort of the loner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> out there, right? Um. So, but I think you know, fast forward today, and you know, I I would say most of the law schools are saying that it's it's pretty much fifty percent women in the schools as you know as well as out here in in the field yeah um but now the new the new trend is that women are owning their own law that's right and they're becoming leaders they're not just the associates um or you know these non-equity partners they're actually 
leading. And that's what's so exciting about the field today. Yeah, absolutely. When we come back, we're going to take another break. I want to talk to you a little bit about your um, working with your own associates and how you keep things fun in the firm. Stay with us for Mary Manzo for our Tech Watch and Hanadi for Diversity. This is the Women to Watch. Diversity Watch. Diversity Watch. Peace be upon you all. This is Hanadi with your weekly diversity segment. What makes a decision a wise decision? It's a well-thought-of decision that came at no rush and produced greatest possible benefits. Wise decisions make life easier and happier from the choice of words to the choice of actions and so forth. A wise person is a person that has a lot of inner peace and says or does the right things at the right time. How precious. Wisdom is a kind of enlightenment that's the result of contemplation, reflection, inner discoveries, higher meaning, and a lot of rational processing. It tries to make sense of life's absurdities and balances out its mishaps. Today's prophetic ethic is being wise. It's not an easy thing to be because it's a labor of love and only comes with experience and reflections. Chapter 2 in the Quran elaborates on that. Quote, Whoever attains wisdom has attained a great bounty. Only those who possess intelligence will take heed. End quote. The rational process is at the base of attaining that wisdom. Being grounded in that ethic will result in being more balanced in incidents where emotions are heightened. Being able to collect one's own self and still have the clarity of thought to take a wise decision in anger or sadness or extreme joy. Perceiving consequences and acting holistically unaffected by the turbulences is wisdom. What if we're simply not that kind of people? What if wisdom is not an attainable thing for us? Well, surrounding yourself with wise people is just as good because then you give yourself access to wisdom. You outsource it. So it's offered to you fresh and bright and it'll be your choice to take it on or not. Wisdom grants serenity, keeps people grounded in truth and fills you up with positivity because it keeps us focused on the long run and the eventual learnings along the way. It would be a wise decision to connect with me on HanadiSpeaksOut.com. Who is Holly Dowling? Holly is a dynamic keynote speaker and inspirational thought leader. You see what we have the ability to do and the power we have. You hold the power for good. Each and every one of us can do something. Holly has inspired millions around the world, including over 500,000 executives, and her show is listened to in 87 countries. Now we're going to spend 25 minutes on your areas of opportunity. Listen to our internationally acclaimed podcast, A Celebration of You, Holly Dowling, empowering those who can change the world. HollyDowling.com. Now, the women to watch. Tech Watch. Hi, I'm Mary Manso of Pathways Consulting Group. Stop your fears of automation in the workplace. It's not replacing jobs and here's why. Technology is changing the speed in which companies produce work. Have you noticed your workload has increased and not decreased? The reason, for companies to keep up with competitors, they have to constantly get innovative and market new things. Those things can potentially add more to your plate. Organizing all the things you have to do is hard and keeping all your tasks in one place could only help. And by automating the repeatable things you work on every day could give you the time you need to complete all the other things you have to do. So where did your job go? Right where you found it. Only difference is that through automation, you're able to be more efficient and your manager thinks you're a superstar. Reporting on your team's activities and tasks gets easier too. 
with automation reporting tools, you can spend more time analyzing what the reports are telling you and focus on recommendations for organizational improvements. The introduction of these new automated technologies can be scary because it's change, but if you embrace the change and see the benefits, you'll find that life at work can get easier and more efficient. At Pathways, we implement ServiceNow, which is a cloud-based platform that automates HR, IT, customer service, and so many other types of tasks, even tasks that go across departments. Through our adoption training, Pathways helps employees embrace the change automation brings by helping them learn the new ways to get their work done. If you're not at your desk and on the go, most automation platforms can go anywhere you go with mobile access. So if your role is to manage customer service, but meetings keep you away from your desk, no problem. Alerts can be sent to your phone and you can manage things just like you would if you were at your desk, never missing a beat. Automation can provide a multitude of benefits to any organization and to you. Leverage and embrace the change that automation brings to the workplace. Your day will become substantially improved and efficient. For more information, contact me at mary at pathwayscg.com. Welcome back. I'm talking to Wendy Samuelson uh, this evening, partner at Samuelson House in Samuelson in New York. Um, One of the things, Wendy, that I read about you was how you really purposefully try to keep things light and fun in your own firm and that you actually enjoy kind of supervising associates and creating that type of environment. What things do you do to keep it that way? So I never take myself seriously. I think that's the most important thing. I, and I don't have an ego. <laughs> you know, I can <laughs> that's look my, rare. I can look myself <laughs> in the lawyer. mirror. You know, so, yeah. you know, I'm always the first to admit if I make a mistake or, you know, or if somebody has a better way of doing something. So I think that that positive attitude just makes people more relaxed. Hmm. And that also creates more... Um, strategy for the for the associates in other words you know if they're relaxed they're thinking more clearly and they can really you know come to to interesting ways of attacking a problem um but you know it's uh, my associates are you know we just we just joke around we have fun we um you know sometimes we have lunch together and you know and and sometimes just um you know, talk about things that are outside the office. And yeah. Just, just be real. Yeah. You know? Just I, be. That's be so. Real. That's such a great quality or character because, or part of your character because I think a lot of people today take themselves very seriously, <laughs> and I think the opportunity to be able to kind of put your ideas and opinions and and thoughts out there in the world with social media. Um, plays into that a little bit. You know, you often have an opportunity to be speaking in front of, you know, large audiences, and you're a member of um, WOL, women-owned law firms and the organizations. What is one, when you have that opportunity, what is the most important message to you that you hope they walk away from? So just that women should not take themselves too seriously and that, they should value what they bring to the table. And, you know, I think a lot of women sometimes, they, they're constantly saying sorry, oh, you know, yeah. and I think yeah. it's a confidence thing. So mm-hmm. what I want to bring to women is confidence that, you know, if they want something, they can do it. 
and all you need are are the skills and you know as you know women sharing information through the women own law organization really helps women who are trying to start their own firms have that confidence and understand how to build a firm and how to manage it. Tell me about, I understand there's an event coming up uh, with the organization and uh, feel free to give it a shout out. Oh, sure. So there's going to be a symposium actually in Philadelphia that's coming up. Okay. um, And it's a symposium on women's entrepreneurship in the law. And it's going to take place on March 11th, 2020, at Drexel Law School. Okay. Um, and you can find out about the symposium by going onto the Women Own Law website. So if you just go onto womenownedlaw.org, okay, um, you can see the symposium and click on it and see all the events. And it's a full day. And you're um, going to I'm be speaking there. Speaking yes. At the uh, the nine o'clock session. Okay. And it's going to be about, um, it's going to be a panel of women who have different types of firms. So I'm the small boutique firm. I have, you know, four attorneys in my office and then somebody else might be talking about a mid-sized firm and, you know, another person will be a solo practitioner. Okay. And all different industries, I guess. Yes. Yes. So the industries run the gamut. I've met women who do everything from marijuana law to, you know, um, entertainment, um, uh, class action lawsuits. Um, It's really a very powerful um, organization in the sense that, you know, we're bringing a lot of women together from all of the United States. And there's chapters in, in all the major cities throughout the U.S. Okay. Wendy, do you think that women make for better attorneys? for their ability to listen? I think so. <laughs> but I think, I think being a good listener is a, not necessarily a, a women's trait. You know, there are some men out there that are very good listeners. I know my partner's one of them. Um, and, uh, you know, he often says to me, you know, I, I'm telling you this personal problem not because I want an answer, but because I just want you to listen. And it's it's so interesting because I'm the type of person who always just wants to jump in and solve people's problems right away. Solve problems, yeah. Um, but yes, I think for a client, especially in divorce law, to be truly understood, um, listening and asking questions is so, so important. Um, asking them why, you know, why do you feel this way? You know, why do you want, you know, this and not that? Because just... You know, hearing their answers gives you clues as to what's really going on. You know what? We, sh- we should probably end with if, if there's someone listening to the show tonight and they're going through a divorce. I know there's so many parts to it, but what could you leave them with that would be comforting? Something for them to focus on or change or think about? I would say that, you know, the comforting thing is that When you're going through a divorce, you shouldn't see it as the end, but you should see it as a new beginning and maybe learn from the past and see what good you can bring into it, into your future. Because, you know, we can all learn from our mistakes. Maybe we we didn't choose wisely. You know, sometimes we think we're in love with someone, but we, you know, 
we know that there are problems and we overlook them. And so maybe the next time you're in a relationship, you know, you could see those clues more clearly. Um, and I also say that, you know, if somebody's thinking about a divorce, the first step is to meet with an attorney because knowledge is power. Um, and a good attorney would not just guide you in terms of, you know, here's how custody is going to work and the economic issues, but also um, guide you to say, okay, if you're not quite ready yet, you know, here's the name of a marriage counselor that you might like to see. Um, here are, you know, resources for you, um, a financial advisor that you might like to speak to or an accountant, because all of those people are going to play an important role in your life moving forward to make sure that everything you know, works well together. So, yeah. you know, you're not alone a lot of in, pre-planning before yeah. you go through and just, divorce. Yeah, you're not alone in the process, you know. Exactly. You're just not alone. Wendy, listen, it's the end of the show. I'm so grateful for you taking time to, to come on and share your story. I'm always inspired by you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thank you to our sponsors and advertisers for helping me to bring you the real story behind her title. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.